welcome to the Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice podcast with Charlotte Foster. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Turn Up the Volume on Your Voice. I hope you are well this joyous September. I have no idea how we've made it to September 2021, but here we are. Here we are in September. And it's that time of year. If you're anything like me, I get all excited about new plans. I feel September is almost more like New Year than January is like New Year. But at the same time, it can also start to feel a little bit overwhelming. There's everything that we've still got to do in 2021. And look at it, it's hugely piling up. The to-do list is there like a mountain of tasks that feel like they're never going to get done. And it's at times like these that procrastination takes hold. Am I right? Well, I'm right when I'm talking about myself because I am brilliant at procrastinating. And when I say brilliant, I am like the queen. Not necessarily that's a good thing, but I'll be honest, right? Why would you take one hour to do something when you can faff about and take three, four, or, you know, push the boat out because I am the queen of procrastinating? Maybe just seven. And it might surprise you to hear that it's not just my accounts, replying to emails and bookkeeping that I procrastinate around doing. Sometimes it can even be my podcast. Yes, this podcast. Now, I've done some very basic research on why people procrastinate because I want to look at some of the things that are out there when it comes to procrastination. And when I say I've done a very basic research on this, I do mean basic I mean, typed, why do people procrastinate into Google and then have a look at a few articles? It's a good job I'm not at university anymore. But before we go any further, I just want to say that actually I'm going to be talking about my experiences and my thoughts on procrastination. I have no training in this whole world of procrastination. I'm not a psychologist, behaviourist or anything such like. I'm just a 40-year-old woman who, during her childhood and teenage years, spent more time playing Minesweeper than doing homework and revising, uh, left everything until the last minute, and pretty much very well prepared herself for a career in radio and the oncoming night shift she was going to do by working through the night many a night to get essays done and handed in on time at university. And if I'm being honest, it's sixth form too. So if you want tips on how to procrastinate like a boss, I could write a book, but I don't think that's a book I should be selling. I have, however, over the last few years, learned to get a bit of my life back from the procrastination fairies. And weirdly, some of my tips have actually come from my days in radio because there was approximately zero room for procrastination. Uh, You can't get any deadlines moved in radio. Could you imagine it? Sorry, we can't bring you the news at 11 o'clock this morning because Charlotte's been too busy faffing around. Never going to happen, is it? Although, and don't tell anybody this, there were some very, very close calls when it came to doing news bulletins. (laughs) I might have written some stories as I was reading them. I can say that now. I don't work for the radio anymore. It's all okay. So 
I've looked at the reasons listed online for why people procrastinate and picked out the ones that really resonate with me. Now, of course, this is in no way, shape or form an exclusive list, but I do think it covers a lot of procrastination bases. Now, I am fully aware that there are lots of reasons why you might procrastinate. And some of those reasons might be some to do with sort of medical reasons, such as you have ADHD. I am nowhere near qualified to go anywhere near that. So I'm not going to be talking about that. You might also struggle with procrastination because you're going through a period of depression or poor mental health. Again, very much not on my list of things I am qualified to talk about. So I'm not going to do that. I won't be talking around those sorts of things. I do urge you to talk to somebody who does know what they're talking about in regards to mental health or ADHD if this is an issue that affects you or think it might affect you. So here are my top five reasons for procrastinating. First one, it's because I don't like the task I've got to do. It's probably one of the most obvious reasons anybody procrastinates. The things I will do before I need to do something I don't want to do. So things like... um. I will put off doing a run. I'll put off doing the housework. I'll put off doing my accounts. I'll put off replying to emails. I'm so sorry. Um, and when I was at school, if I was trying to procrastinate anything the most, it would be around doing my German homework or worse, my maths homework. And ridiculously enough, I somehow kept German on till A-level. <laughs> I don't know why. Even at that point, I think staring at the wall was more more appealing than doing my uh, my German I don't know why I chose it. Anyway, sometimes, sometimes I will get this level of procrastination when it comes to creating these podcasts, the ones you're listening to now. It can take me a while to realise, but quite often if I'm really resisting doing the podcast, then maybe, just maybe, I'm not discussing the right topic with you. Maybe it's not the right guest I've got on. And I have thrown out podcasts that I have spent days working on because all I've actually managed to do in those three days that I've been working on it is get half a page written down as an idea. And then what I'll do is I will just chuck it out, just chuck it out, change the title, change the focus, change the subject. And you know what? I can knock out the scripting, the recording and the editing in just a couple of hours. So that to me says the episode I was working on that took me three, four days to get nowhere wasn't the right episode. And you kind of know, and sometimes there really is a good reason why you're procrastinating. It is though really tough to acknowledge that sometimes that you're working on something that you don't actually like, which actually is meant to be the thing you're thriving on. But you just have to be ruthless, I'm afraid. You can always just put the episode that's blocking you on hold until it feels better and more aligned with what you're doing. And that has happened to me a few times. I've just not been on this, whatever episode it's been, I've worked on it, worked on it. It's not just quite felt right at all. So I've put it to a side and then I've come back to it in a few weeks when I've got more knowledge about it and more thinking about it. Or maybe it's just more of the right time to be talking about whatever it was I was talking to you about. Do it, do that. And I promise you it will feel better. But yeah, it can just be I don't want to do the task that is in front of me. Second reason for procrastinating, perfectionism. Ugh, this, this is the killer, isn't it? You want what you're doing to be perfect. So you spend 9,000 gazillion hours not doing it because that's better than it not being perfect. 
Here's the really daft thing. It's not going to be perfect until you start doing it because until you start doing it, you're never going to learn how to do it and learn how to get better and growing and improving. But of course, when did common sense or reality ever make a difference? I am far from perfect. And being perfect with my podcast is actually not something I worry about too much anymore. But I do include it in my list of things that lead me down procrastination alley for my podcast because the need for perfectionism in other areas of my life actually has a knock-on effect to my podcast. Here's an example. You can feel free to laugh at me. I map out my days using time blocking. And if I fail to start at exactly the right time for any of the things I've got listed, I will go off in a funk of, there's no point, I'm not at the right time for anything. And this is worse if it's one of the first things I have to do for the day. So if I set my alarm for six o'clock in the morning with every intention of going out for a run at half past six, and if I don't get out of my run for half past six, I spend the rest of the day aimless because I've missed that deadline and ruined the plan. And because the plan is now not perfect, everything is just knocked out of the place. So my perfectionism when it comes to doing everything as I'm supposed to do it has knocked on to the places where I'm less bothered about things being perfect. And that's really, really annoying and frustrating and something I need to sort out. Of course, There's another classic uh, reason for procrastination, fear of failure. And there's a lot, I think, that fear of failure and perfectionism have in common, but they are very much different enough to warrant separate categories. I spent a long time resisting doing this podcast, yeah, my podcast about podcasting, because I was convinced I'd be found out and that does have quotation marks around it, that my peers would begin laughing at me. I'd begin. My peers would keep on laughing at me and that nobody would listen to me because who am I to talk about podcasts? I mean, now, almost two years down the line, this makes me laugh at me because so far I have got away with it. None of my peers have been openly laughing at me and, oh, look at this, you're listening to me. It did, though, take a lot for me to do this. And even when I did start, I was hugely, hugely inconsistent, again, because of the fear of failure. It honestly took the pandemic to kick my bum hard enough for me to finally get consistent with this podcast. And as a knock-on, lucky knock-on, it kept my business going. And of course, the more I did the podcast, guess what? The more I lost that fear of failure. They're not terrible traits to have this fear of failure or perfectionism because you know what? You want to be aware that something might not be good enough. You want to be aware that what you're doing, you know, there is a potential that it's not going to go very well. But you need to be in control of these traits and not have them controlling you. Another classic for me Uh, reason for procrastinating is being tired. If I've got no energy or I'm just tired and I can always tell when I'm tired, A, because I'm tired, but B, because my procrastination and easily distracted levels are super high through the roof. I'm tired right now preparing this episode. And I know that because I keep picking up my phone and having to scroll through Facebook. So I've moved my phone away so that I'm not picking it up a million times a second. If you're anything like me, 
When my brain is tired, it's going to find the task of least resistance. It's like a river. And right now, my brain and body is very tired. Uh, This is thanks to the cat buddy being on cage rest. He was singing the song of his people at four o'clock this morning, and apparently only I can hear him in the house. Anyway, moving on. I have a few tricks up my sleeve for days like this. And what they are is just having really short bursts of focus followed by a break. It's the old Pomodoro technique. So 25 minutes on, five minutes off. But actually today, I'm not making it to 25 minutes of concentration. That's how shattered I am. So I switch the timings around, 20 minutes on and a five minute break. And that is sometimes enough to keep me on on track. Otherwise, what I could also do is I would switch tasks to ones that don't need the same amount of brain power. So maybe do those emails that just need deleting. You don't need to think twice about them, done. Just those low brain power tasks. Or if I'm feeling really tired or decadent, whichever way you look at it, I sometimes have a nap. Napping, though, is not an option today. And overwhelm is a biggie for me. And I think there's a lot to do with tiredness in this one as well. If I've got a lot on, it's almost as though my brain just does a complete shutdown and refuses to get anything started or done. You know, like when your laptop is overheating because you're making it do too much and it just goes, nope, I'm shutting down because there's too much. I think my brain does that. Maybe it's just its own little way of uh, protecting it from burnout or overwork. I don't know. But having everything whirling around my head stops me from doing anything because everything feels like it's too much too big and too hard and then my brain turns into that meandering meandering river again I feel like I've just dug deep from my geography days here my brain turns into a meandering river looking for the tasks of least resistance and then do you know what happens somehow I end up on LinkedIn doing research and again that's in quote marks for hours on end or Instagram Instagram reels And then the feeling of overwhelm grows even more because guess what? I've not done anything actually productive. So the to-do list increases and so on and so on. And oh, it's horrible. Procrastination overwhelm. So those are my podcast procrastination reasons, triggers, whatever you want to call them. But I'm not going to leave it there. I'm going to give you the things that I do when I can feel myself just drifting off into the world of procrastination and I want to pull myself out of that place because I want to get stuff done. I don't want to end up in overwhelm. So here's what I've done. Here's what I've learned over the years. I now have a dedicated podcast day every week and that day is a Wednesday. It's my podcast and content day. Most of my social media and my blog content comes from my podcast, so I get it all done on the same day. I think this makes sense. In fact, I think there's research that says doing similar tasks together, batching it all together, is better for your attention and productivity because you're not having to change your focus too drastically. So Wednesdays are blocked out in my diary now for podcast creation. And I have been known to refuse meetings on a Wednesday because I am prioritizing my podcast I'm not going to lie. Getting into this routine has been tricky. I have really struggled to find the right day to do podcast work and fit it in around all the other commitments that I have. But these last three months have been working for me. And Wednesday 
It's a really good day because actually it fits nicely in my week. I can do business stuff on a Monday when I'm fresh from the weekend and ready, raring to go. Tuesdays, I focus on client catch-ups. So Wednesday, I'm ready to make my content. Thursdays and Fridays are other people's podcasts. And having these days and my focus on these days is really good. It really helps me just know what I'm doing. I love getting out of bed knowing what sort of stuff I'm going to be working on and then not chopping and changing around throughout the day. It's really helped me lower my procrastinating. I won't say stop because I will procrastinate sometimes. I think it's just my nature. But it's really helped me bring that procrastination down because actually I know that Wednesday is the only day I've got to do it. So it has to get done. I love a deadline. Deadlines are great for me. Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, working in radio, you have lots of short deadlines. Many radio programmes that you hear are put together entirely on the day. The news bulletins are written in the preceding hour before they're read out. So actually, that works really well for me in the way my brain works, because no one gives me any time for faffing around. I can't faff around. I've got to do it. So there's no deadline extension and there's no getting away with it. Not in the slightest. Another thing that I do, and this is a radio thing as well, is planning, but not too much planning. So back in the day when I was on the radio, and actually this is pretty much what happens in the radio, you know, in nowadays, most of what you will hear on the radio is done at a very short turnaround, very often on the day itself. But saying that, whilst I would start with a blank piece of paper most days when I was planning my radio shows, I did have tools for filling it ready to go at my fingertips. We would always have a planning calendar. So when people sent in press releases, we would pop the information in on the relevant day on the planning calendar, ready for talking about it. If there was a campaign the radio station was running, that would go on the planning calendar too. Follow-up stories where, let's say I'd interviewed somebody who was training for a world record attempt to run the fastest marathon dressed as a leprechaun, brackets male, and this is a true story, then what we would do is obviously we'd speak to them in the run-up, pun intended, and then we would speak to them afterwards as well. And yes, they did get the record, but sadly, in researching this episode, I've now seen that that record's been beaten, which is a real shame. So what I'm actually trying to get at is that that planning calendar would have all the kind of the basis of the ideas for us. I would have an idea of what was coming up, but the details, the fine details weren't necessarily in place. And of course, we would react to stuff that was happening on the day as well. We also have prepared a show brief This is like a one pager explaining what the show was about. I have a mission statement, what we cover, what we wouldn't cover and a bit about us as presenters. This really helps knowing really easily what we can and probably shouldn't include in the show. And then on top of that, each show we would break down into 20 minute segments, which were again broken into smaller segments. So it never felt too overwhelming. We would know what each 20 minutes was going to sound like roughly. So basically, we would have stuff at our fingertips ready to go. We want this, this, this and this. But hang on a minute. This podcast is not a radio show. So how on earth does planning a radio show fit into podcast planning? Well, I'm going to use the eating an elephant metaphor. 
It's a big task that you don't want to and probably won't be able to achieve in one sitting, but it is very achievable if you break it down into smaller chunks. Same with podcast planning. If you do a continuous weekly podcast, and let's say you're making episodes of roughly 30 minutes each week. Take a deep breath now because I've added it up and that's 1,560 minutes of podcasting a year. Here it is sounding a little worse, 26 hours. Yep, 26 hours, more than a day of content that you are putting out there. I, for one, need a moment to think about how bonkers that all sounds. And if I did sit down now and go, I've got 26 hours worth of podcasts to make, I am beyond daunted at the thought of that. So I'm not going to do that. So instead, this is what I do. I break it into quarters. In the same way, I break my three hour radio show into 20 minute segments. I break my podcast down into quarters. So I only have to think about 12 episodes at a time. But again, I know that I couldn't sit here and go, 12 episodes, I can't do that in one go. So rather than doing that, I just come up with 12 titles, nothing more. Then I look at where they fit in the quarter. Now, when I do my 12 titles, I normally pop them on sticky notes and they are speech. I've picked one up for you just so you know what a sticky note sounds like on a podcast Uh, because they are stuck all over my house. Uh, I normally pop them on sticky notes and they are speech bowl sticky notes because I like to be on brand. But it means that I can move them around the planner so that whatever date they go on, they're there. But they are a movable feast. And then what I do, I've got my 12 ideas, my 12 titles. I'll look at the first four that come in that order and I brain dump ideas for them. That's it until I need to do my episode. And then I'll look at each episode individually and flesh it out. So I do the quarterly stuff. You'll be surprised to hear once every quarter, the four episode brain dump once a month. And guess what? The uh, expanding that first episode, that episode individually every week when I do the episode, it's, you know, it's not that much of rocket science because I really wasn't very good at science. So at my disposal, I have my planner, which has key events in it, things that are going on in business and podcast world, as well as awareness dates and the like that will help spark ideas. I also take inspiration for episodes from what people are talking to me about. So the questions that I will get asked, comments that get left on my social media posts, and as well as that, comments that get left in Facebook groups about podcasts and podcasting and business in particular. So I have that that calendar planner ready to go. I'll look at, again, this is what we did on radio. We would look at newspapers and uh, the BBC website to see what people were talking about and see if we needed to be talking about that. I will look at kind of industry stuff and business stuff and see what I can bring in to the, the podcast as well. So I'm getting sources from everywhere and scooping them up and putting them in one place so that they're ready to go. I'm not having to remember them because I'm not going to remember them. Um, I'll be talking about all sorts of stuff over the next few weeks, but there's one thing on my mind at the moment in particular is the uh, the power of impact, that po- podcasts can make an impact because there's lots of campaigns going on at the moment and I want to sort of reflect how podcasts can make an impact in campaigning matters. Anyway, that's a spoiler for later on in the year. I also have a Trello board packed full of ideas and thoughts for each quarter. And as you've just heard, my computer screen is jammed full of sticky notes with random and not so random thoughts. 
But having a process, I'm making it easier for me to get on with my podcast making because I can follow the structure without too much heavy lifting. And I know I don't have to come up with 26 hours worth of content for my podcast in one sitting, which would be borderline impossible. But I know I will have 26 hours roughly of podcast by the end of every year. I've eaten the elephant in nice, small, bite-sized chunks. I bet an elephant's quite chewy. Another thing that I do if I'm having a really, really distracting day where procrastination is just taking over everything is I go back and look at my why. Having a why and reminding myself of it is a really good way to give myself a proverbial kick up the backside. As long as it's the right why, then it's always going to motivate me. And this is why I always write a mission statement for my podcasts and I encourage you to do the same. Having that mission statement in front of me or somewhere where it's really easy to look at. And in fact, I have it where whenever I'm doing anything on my podcast, I have it on the front page. It's where I, it's written there every single time. So I know why I'm doing it. And you know what? It is a bit like one of those inspirational quotes that you see on Insta. But if it works, it works. I'm not going to judge you and I'm not judging me for doing it. Having your why. And if you if your why isn't working for you and isn't helping you give that kick up the bum, maybe it's time to reshift what your why is. So have a look at your mission statement and understand, is that working for you still? And if not, what needs to change? A genius, genius way of making me work when I don't feel like working is using an online co-working space for accountability. Such a simple idea, but truly genius. So I just hop on a Zoom call with at least one other person. At the beginning, we tell each other what we intend to get done during the session. We crack on with it. And at the end, we tell each other what we managed to achieve. Ta-da! Cameras stay on for even more accountability, so no picking your nose. And there is actually some psychology, apparently, behind the cameras being on too. I think it's about somebody being there virtually to push you into what you're doing, what you said you would, and just knowing that someone's watching you. I think... I don't know. I'm like I said at the beginning, I am not in any way, shape or form a psychologist in this. I have access to these co-working sessions because I'm a member of Janet Murray's membership. But there are other platforms offering this where you don't need to be a member. Focusmate is one. You get three free sessions a week, I think, with them. Those sessions are 50 minutes. Uh, If you want more, you can pay for the subscription. I don't think it's a lot of money. And I've just been introduced to Flown, thanks to Facebook adverts. Flown has a range of sessions. And from what I can tell, it's free. Well, I've not paid any money and they don't seem to be chasing me for any. And again, it's the same sort of similar thing. You've got some sort of sessions where you can just hop on, stay for the the sessions and you sort of say what you're going to do and then come back and say whether you've done it. Of course, nothing's stopping you setting up sessions with friends to do the same, but you have to make sure it's the friend that's not going to go, oh, don't worry, you don't need to do it, it's fine. It has to be the friend who's going to go, why didn't you do it? What was stopping you doing it? Not in a mean way, but in an accountability way. I have found doing these sessions an absolute game changer, especially being at home on my own with just the cat for company. Because I tell you what, he is easily bribed with tuna or chicken to not tell anybody how much I've wasted my day by procrastinating. And he's getting chubby now, I tell you. (laughs) And talking of bribery, 
sometimes I do bribe myself. I will reward myself for doing tasks. The best way for me to do this is have a sliding scale of rewards for how long it takes me to do something. I will always get a reward because if I don't, we're back at the, oh, I've not gone out for my run at 6.31 and I was meant to go out at 6.30, so everything's ruined. And that was done in a teenage voice. So if I get my podcast done in X amount of time, I'll get three stars. Y amount of time, two stars. And when I get it done, I get one star. Yes, I have a star chart. I'm saving up for a very posh coffee machine, okay? And if a star chart works for little ones, I think it can work for not so little ones. So that's how I deal with my podcast procrastination. One thing I will say though, is if you are regularly putting your podcast on the bottom of your to-do list because you don't like doing it, then you really need to review if having a podcast is the right thing for you and your business. It might not be the right thing anymore and that's okay. Or you might discover you need to change the way you do it. If you want help changing your podcast, please give me a shout. My podcast planning sessions are perfect for getting your head around the foundations of your podcast. We get that mission statement sorted, we get your podcast brief written and we sketch out your next episodes too. And if you want accountability, guess what? You also get me nagging you in a kind and supportive way for the next month too. It is an encouraging nag rather than the nag that I give my husband. Drop me a message if you want to find out more. You can do that via my website, charlotte-foster.co.uk or social media. LinkedIn is where I'm hanging out quite a bit at the moment. I'm just Charlotte Foster there. And Instagram too, because if I can't procrastinate by mucking around making graphics in Canva for Instagram, what else am I meant to do with my time, right? I am at Charlotte Foster Podcasts on Instagram. Come find me there. Have a great week. I'll see you next week.